0: This is the Oh My God, awesome podcast and on today's episode I am speaking with Lisa Simone Richards and she is a PR and visibility strategist and she works with online coaches um, that won't you know, get seen you know everywhere without spinning on social media and uh, we touched on a lot of great points I think uh, it's not just about you know getting in front of other people's audience but it's how do we do that you know how do we get in front of the other audience so she simplified it really easy for us and um, she made some really good points about how we can get visible and how powerful that can be. So you definitely don't want to miss that. So stay tuned. Okay, so one quick note before we get into today's episode. Now we all know creating content takes time, but it'll be more effective if you already have mapped out your entire launch, so that you know exactly what needs to be done, by when, and by who. Now if you want to have a stress-free launch, all you have to do is sign up for my free map out your launch mini course, so that you'll have a solid launch plan for your next launch. Now you'll find the link in the show notes, or you can go to www.kenwestcar.com forward slash have you launched your online course with great success or maybe you launched totally tank and you just want to curl up and cry well it really doesn't matter All right. Welcome to the Oh My God, I'm launching podcast. I'm your host, Ken Wesker. And today I have PR and visibility specialist, Lisa with me. Welcome, Lisa.
1: Ken, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me on your show. And I love the work that you're doing. Thank you so much for that.
0: Thank you so much. Um, Before we jump into all this, I want you to just briefly, you know, let us know who you are, who you help and how you help people.
1: Yeah, very briefly for those who are listening. Hi, it's nice to meet you. My name is Lisa Simone Richards. I'm a PR and visibility strategist, and I absolutely love working with my clients to be able to leverage other people's platform so that they can reach more of the right people. So what that means is I help online service-based business providers, so coaches, course creators, consultants, creatives, people just like you. I help them get booked on podcast interviews, Facebook Lives, live training in other groups, a television website interviews blog guest blog posts wherever it might be that there is somewhere that your ideal client is hanging out in somebody else's audience so i I help you figure out where that is who the person is you need to know and how to make the ask so that you can show up in front of them
0: beautiful i'm curious though how did you get into the whole pr and visibility thing and then you know how did that transition into being serving those people that you serve today
1: Yeah, gladly. Let's see if I can do the Cole's notes version of this story. (laughs) So when I was in first year university, I went to the University of Western Ontario, now called Western University here in London, Ontario. I was having lunch with a girl who was in fourth year and she was about to graduate. And she told me that she was going to be going to PR school. So Ken, you may not have watched this, but back in 2002 when I was at school, Sex and the City was in its heyday. (laughs) And one of the main characters, Samantha Jones, she worked in PR and she Mm. made it look so cool. It was like fashion shows and beauty stuff and runways and parties. And I was like, I could do that. That sounds fun. So I ended up going into PR and I've literally been doing this career since I was 18 years old. I started off in the fashion and beauty industry, working legitimate runway shows, uh, living that devil wears Prada lifestyle, interning at a fashion magazine, and also working in the beauty department of several companies. Fast forward that to having worked in a PR agency where some of my major clients included Staples, Crayola, and Virgin Mobile. And in 2009, I ended up leaving the agency to work for a small business. This company had 30 locations here in Toronto, or Ontario, sorry. And by the time I had left with a, I had left them after four years, we had grown to 100 locations across the country. Wow. They went from 400,000 a year in revenue to over 4 million. And a lot of this was largely because of the amazing opportunities that we were getting both for the brand and for the CEO. And it made us the boot camp that people wanted to choose over any other fitness boot camp that was out there. So after seeing the effect that I could have on a small business over the course of four years, I really created a passion for working with small business owners who couldn't go to a PR agency like the one that I had used to work with because they would be told, awesome, it's $10,000 a month, just sign a 12-month retainer and we'll be happy to represent you. (laughs) That wasn't attainable for a lot of people. So I really made it my mission to be able to teach someone how to fish. So now since 2015, I've been working with online service-based business owners, again, primarily coaches and consultants and creatives, sharing with them, here's how you figure out where it makes sense for you to be seen. Here's how you figure out the person you need to know. And here's how you make that compelling ask to be able to show up in front of their platform with value so that they say a yes. So really what I love now is at the end of six months, my clients don't really need me anymore. It's not the best business model, but it's so fun to see after six months, they're booking their own TV segments, five podcasts. Podcast interviews every month, the dream stages that were on their vision board. I think a lot of people feel like PR is like, oh, you have to be at a certain level and, oh, you need a fancy publicist. But I love to demystify it. It's literally as simple as knowing how to do it and who to reach out to. And once you know that, you can use it for the rest of your business.
0: Exactly. And it must be so fun to just know that you have such a huge impact on these people, even though it's just for six months, but the impact, the legacy that you leave behind. I mean, that's yeah, that, that's got to be fun.
1: Oh my gosh, Ken. Like when I'm scrolling through my Facebook feed or my Instagram feed, I, seeing my client's results just makes me like get goosebumps and want to cry. One woman named Pam, Pam Sherman in 2019, she was kind of debating whether or not she jumped into working with me, which she did. And now when I look at her Instagram feed three three years later... She's done well over 60 television segments with Fox News. She's their local health and fitness girl. She never pays to go on. She just gets that exposure for free. Like scrolling through my uh, feed again, I've seen Fran, another client who's graduated from my program. She's booking five podcasts a month. She got paid to write an article for Reader's Digest. Like how cool is that that not only is she getting exposure, but people are paying for her expertise now. So I absolutely love seeing people be able to do this without needing me to show them how to do it.
0: Exactly. So PR, visibility, that's two different things. A lot of people probably think that's the same thing, isn't it? But you have a different point of view on that.
1: I kind of actually tend to lump them together when I'm in this space public relations, PR, visibility, exposure. I tend to really lump them together just in terms of the premise of leveraging other people's platforms. Mm -hmm. So we're talking about earned media. You are not paying for this opportunity and you are getting access to the platform because of the value that you bring. The thing that I find a lot of online business owners are really getting confused is the difference between content and visibility. That's where I find that there is a little bit of a mix up. So when it comes to content, people always come to me and they're like, Lisa, you know, I'm doing reels on Instagram, I'm doing TikTok, people are liking and commenting it, but I'm not getting more sales. And the thing is, content, what we are doing on our social media platforms, the emails that we're sending to our list. That nurtures our existing audience. And even when we put something out on Instagram, we know the algorithm isn't showing it to 100% of our followers. Maybe we're getting to 10% of them if we're lucky. Mm -hmm. Where I love to highlight a difference is when it comes to visibility, this is what are you doing to reach new people? You can't send emails selling something to the same 200 people over and over and over again and be surprised you're not increasing in sales. You need to bring more people in. So I love to make sure that online service-based business owners are focusing on visibility. How are you making sure you're getting new qualified leads, joining your email list, following on social networks, and really coming into your space so then you can use that content to nurture them and then convert them into clients?
0: Mm-hmm, exactly. Yeah. So – just having content and for content six, is that I mean, in terms of using visibility, would you say that it's um a specific type of content that makes you more visible? Or is it just getting on somebody else's audience or in front of somebody else's audience?
1: Yes. I think it's so powerful that we have social media and that we can create our own content. Like if you think about 10 years ago, we didn't have an opportunity to get on a video and say what we wanted to say. We were at the the mercy of a television producer to see if mm-hmm. they would say yes to our pitch and give us access to a platform. So I think it is so valuable that we can do that now. And even for people who are just getting started with, build, started with visibility story that have never been seen before, fantastic. Go on Instagram and create a story talking about who you are and what you do do because when you pitch a podcast, when you pitch a television show, guess what? The host, the producer, they're going to creep and do their research to see who you are. So even if you haven't been featured somewhere before, we can use our social profiles to define ourselves so that the person who's going to give us access to another platform has the opportunity to say yes, and then we can actually get that visibility. So I love that we can actually really highlight and use social media to our advantage. We just Mm -hmm. have to make sure that we're always focusing on that visibility aspect as well.
0: Yes, Matter of being a little bit strategic when you're creating the content. So when people do come to your profile or whatever, they find what they need, basically.
1: Exactly. Totally. Someone's going to do their homework and make sure you're positioning yourself in a way that helps it easy for them to understand who you are and that you're totally worthy of this uh, visibility, which by default you are by doing what you, by doing what you do, just to so have that permission out there, but really showing your credibility and giving a sense of who you are, what's your energy? How do you speak to things? How do you vibe on camera? Someone's going to be looking to find that out about you before they give you access to their platform. Mm-hmm,
0: exactly. Yeah. And I've, uh, I've done this myself, you know, when people apply to be on podcasts, I do go check them out, you know, see who they are, how they, what they talk about and stuff like that. So absolutely. So
1: true. 100%. And I think one of the things we have to remember is that the same way we use social media and we do our research, our clients and the people who are vetting us for their platforms do the same thing. Like if I'm going to a new sushi restaurant and that's, you know, a $20 spend I'm probably going to Google it before I go. (laughs) So imagine before someone gives you access to their prized platform that they've spent time cultivating and creating. Or if someone's thinking about hiring you and taking out that credit card and spending thousands of dollars, if it is to work with you, they're going to want to make sure that this is going into the right place, that you're a trusted source. So it's super powerful that we can create that visibility and that not illusion, but we can create that presence for ourselves.
0: Mm, Exactly. Um, I'm just thinking... Probably not an easy answer to this, but what is like the most effective platform to get you vi- get visible on? I mean, a lot of entrepreneurs probably do podcasts. I, I would assume that's pretty normal. Uh, maybe not TV in that big sense, but I don't know if that's something you can even answer.
1: Um, so I never like to paint things with a cookie cutter brush, but I do have an answer to that. So speaking for myself, and honestly for a lot of my clients as well, we do find that we get the majority of our qualified leads and our clients from podcasts. Mm-hmm. I love that I can be between launches and people sign up for my program regardless because they're like, "Oh, I heard you on a podcast, and I like what you said, and I decided to step in." But when it comes to where should we be seen, here's a really easy way to think about this. Again, it's going to be dependent on who you are as a person. You know, if you're really shy. You're not going to want to get on stage in front of 3000 people, even though I'll do Mm. that all day, every day. Um, So you want to think about who you are as a person and what your actual goals for your business are. I'm guessing you're not getting visibility just for the sake of it and wants to be strategic. So what I typically recommend at a very baseline is to have what I call is a healthy media mix. And what I mean by that is everybody has their preferred way of consuming content. They either want to read it They may prefer to listen to it or they may prefer to watch it. Um, And a story that I share a lot lately is my husband and I, we love to be in the kitchen together. We love to cook. And one of the meals we love to make is this Thai red curry. Now, we don't do it so frequently that I remember off the top of my head how to do it. So I turn on YouTube. I watch the video. I press play. I pause. I do the thing, press play, do the thing and keep repeating Mm -hmm. it. My husband, on the other hand, has seen this video so many times. He's like, I'm tired of her accent. I don't want to watch that video again. Is there a blog post that tells us how to do it? So we both still want the same thing at the end of the day, our Thai red curry dinner. But we have different ways of wanting to get there. And it's so important to remember that our clients are the same way. So Mm -hmm. if you can make sure that there's a way that people can read about you, whether you have written a guest blog post for another site, whether somebody has interviewed you in an article, if you can make sure that they can hear you. So maybe that means doing podcasts, maybe it's going on local radio, maybe it's moderating rooms on Clubhouse. And then if there can be at least one way that they can see you, if that is watching you on a Facebook Live or an Instagram Live with someone else, maybe it is being on television, although that is isn't typically the move for the digital online course creator? Um, What are other ways of being seen? Maybe it's speaking at a live or a virtual summit or conference. Those are powerful ways to make sure that people can read about you, hear you, and see you. But beyond that, remember earlier we were talking about how we do our research and we Google things? When someone Googles your name because they're thinking about stepping into your program or working with you, guess what? Now you're not just on your own platforms and your own website saying, hey, look at me, I'm awesome. But they're seeing you show up as a trusted source and an expert on other people's platforms. So now this is also helping to shape the way that people perceive you. It's not just you saying, hey, look at me, I'm awesome. It's other people saying, hey, look at them, they're awesome.
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly. And you know, the question that probably everybody wants to know is how do we get onto these different platforms? How do we get started where... You know, yeah. What's the process for getting this? So
1: if I could take it to its core, the most simple way ever, the Mm -hmm. first thing I would think about is where is the right place to be featured? And you can figure this out by asking one of your favorite clients that you've ever worked with. When you're looking for information on building a business, launching a program, whatever that thing is you specialize in, Ask them, where do you turn for information on that? And mm-hmm. they will name a website or an influencer or a brand or a podcast somewhere they get that content. So figure out where is the place that you want to be seen. Maybe it's a specific podcast. Fantastic. Look it up. Then figure out, okay, who's a person I need to know to get access? Typically with a podcast, it's going to be the host. And all it's as simple as Googling Ken Westgard email address. It could be that easy and hopefully Google will be nice to us and it'll be out there. Maybe I have to go on your website to creep what it is. Maybe I'm going on to your Instagram profile or your Facebook page to click on that about section, figure out what it is. I mean, you have to do a little bit of creeping, but again, it's just a Google away. And then once you know where you want to be seen and the email address of the person who has access to that platform, now it's simply about making the ask. Something that I think a lot of people might be intimidated about when it comes to PR is they've heard of the press release and they have to write this really formal communication. I haven't written a press release in like 10 years. All I do is write what's called a pitch, a simple email saying, hey, Ken, I have this idea for your show. We could talk about visibility for your listeners. At the end of an episode, they would leave learning how to one, two and three, you know, just bullet point what those takeaway items are. Would it be of value for your listeners? Let me know. And if so, I would love to hop on a call with you. It's that simple. Just figuring out where's the right place, who's the person you need to know, and then making that ask. But if I can caution everyone with one thing, lead with value. Ken, if I came to you and said, hey, can I have a six-month mentorship program. Can I come on your show and talk about it? You'd be like, no, I don't want to give you a 30 minute advertisement. That's not valuable for the people who tune in. So, thinking about it from the perspective of what are other people going to get from this? How can I make sure I'm leaving value and everybody who tunes in leaves richer than they came? That's the intentionality that people are going to feel. And it's going to give them a higher likelihood of saying yes to your request because they can feel that you're not just using their platform, that you genuinely want to contribute and give something to it, knowing that the right people who like what you have to say will be attracted and will magnetize towards you.
0: Mm -hmm. And that's also where the research part comes in. I mean, you do want to just do a little research so you know that the value you're bringing is actually relevant to the podcast or whatever it is that you're applying to be on.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's really simple. Like, let's do our homework, guys. Let's not be lazy. On a podcast, it's just looking up the, you know, from the provider on iTunes. It's there for every single show and every single platform. Take a few seconds to read that. If you're pitching a newspaper, a website, a television show, no matter what the platform is, Chances are there is an about us page and it tells you, this is who we are. This is what our mission is. And these are the people that we want to serve. And this is what we want to support them with. If you can even mirror that in the email that you're sending to them, I know your listeners are going to be launching. They want to have the most successful launch ever. Like just saying something like that. It's like, okay, she gets me. She's aligned with the value. She knows what this show is about. And so she's a good fit to come on.
0: Exactly. Is there any difference in terms of if you're planning to get on a TV show or uh, radio or Like in a podcast, I mean, is there any difference?
1: Yeah, there are 100% there is. So when I'm thinking about television, even as, you know, I just throw this out there as you're listening to it, think about a TV producer. They have maybe a four to six minute segment to fill on a television show. Let's say we're talking about a morning show, you know, the 6 to 9 a.m. Mm-hmm. kind of TV shows. Um, there's a visual element. What's going to keep viewers engaged? What's going to make them not change channel? So it's a lot easier to maybe do a fitness segment demonstrating push-ups versus talking about them on a podcast. But maybe you would talk about fitness from another angle if you were going from that perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the little things that people don't necessarily think about when it comes to visual media, whether that could be a Facebook Live and Instagram live or more specifically a television show is you got to have that visual interest and think about the camera person. Like I used to work with a lot of fitness parents. That's why my experience, my examples come from that industry, but I would have to be so specific with my clients as to say, okay, doing a segment, don't just go from doing jumping jacks to doing planks. Cause think about the camera and what they have to keep in frame from nice. you being standing to being on the ground. So there are little nuances that we need to think about. If you're looking at a print magazine, for example, like that has to have a little bit of longevity, you know, it's going to be out there for about a month. If it's a story that's only you know useful for a day, it's not going to be relevant in a magazine, but it could fit in a newspaper. Um, podcasts, again, they do have that longevity typically. So an evergreen idea, something that's going to be relevant, whether someone listens to a podcast today or six months from now, would be good content. Although chances are they may have some more newsworthy content that's relevant to a specific time. So yeah, the platform, it definitely changes what you might be sharing there or the angle that you use, uh, just based on the way that it's consumed.
0: Mm -hmm. Exactly. And uh, I don't know, but I would say, you know, a lot of uh, online coaches and stuff like that, they maybe go on a podcast, um, because they're launching this amazing program, obviously. Um, Is there a timing aspect, obviously, to that? But is there, um, like, is it too early for some, you know, to get on a podcast and present something that you about to launch? Or is it? Because obviously, You know, when you look back a year from now, it's going to be a little bit different. But still, when you're in that launch mode and you get on a podcast, is that?
1: I love that question. That's awesome. Uh, So one of the things I talk about are the ABCs of visibility and really understanding what is the intention behind being seen. We're not just getting visible Mm -hmm. for the sake of it. Chances are you have a business goal in mind. So people are typically looking to create, A, awareness so that their ideal client knows that they actually exist and they're not just the best kept secret. They're trying to create B, which stands for buzz, which is just what you talked about. If you have Mm -hmm. a course coming out, what's the timing? And we're gonna dig into that in a second. Or C, they might be looking to create credibility. So this is where, let's say, for example, if you're a copywriter, maybe instead of getting an online business show where your actual clients are and they can actually pay you from finding you there, maybe instead you want to get on a show about copywriting because it features all the top copywriters. And once you've been there, you'll know you've made it. Your name's in a certain echelon. It's associated with other people. But it's not necessarily a client attraction strategy. So Mm -hmm. awareness, buzz, and credibility are the three typical reasons people want to be seen. Let's dial it back to Buzz because you just ask if somebody is launching, because that's what we're talking about here on this show. Is there a strategy to it? So I recommend if you have something that you're launching, a course, a program, whatever it might be go ahead and spend them maybe about six weeks before that just pitching podcasts ad nauseum. You know, I would do maybe at least 10 a week. For me, I book one in four shows. So say for yourself, okay, I'd like to be on 10 shows before this podcast launch so that there is a buzz, so that people are hearing my name over and over again. So just reverse engineer the strategy. I know I book one in four shows that I reach out to, and if I want to be on 10 podcasts, that means I need to pitch 40 shows. So I would start doing that in advance because here's something really cool about podcasts. Somebody who listens to one show typically listens to eight shows on average. So what is wow. it like for that consumer who's listening to a show? Like my, one of my clients, Nora, is a preconception health coach. She helps women get pregnant. So when she can go on pre- like fertility show after show after show after show, talking about her 4 R method to eat to get pregnant, guess what? Someone who's listening to that content is like, I keep hearing Nora's name all over the place. Who is this person? And by the time they get on a sales call with Nora, they repeat Nora's four Rs back to her because mm-hmm. they've listened to her on so many shows and she's been so consistent with her message. Now this is a really qualified lead who's fitting her system back to her.
0: Exactly, and I think you mentioned something really important there—being consistent with your message in every interview that you do.
1: That is one of the things like I train my clients on so hard. Someone disagreed with me from this on a podcast and commented on Instagram, and that's totally fine. I agree to disagree. But I <laughs> say this all the time: I want you to be bored of listening to yourself speak. I have talked about the ABCs of visibility and the ladder of publicity and with the five P's of positioning. And- and profit, like my systems over and over and over again. And you know what, I've had the same system since 2017. So I'm really consistent. And I'm kind of bored of listening to myself speak. When I do like three podcast interviews a month, I'm like, Oh, my God, this topic again. <laughs> but here's the good thing. I'm just the only person who's bored of it. Mm. One of the best lines I've ever learned from a speaking coach, Lisa Sasevich, to make sure I give credit where credit is due, she said, don't change your talk, change your audience. So I take the same talk and I put it in front of new people all the time because guess what? For most of them, it's the first time hearing it. If they're creeping me and they're listening to me on a few different shows and they're going for that buzz factor, maybe they've heard it three, four, five times, but that's creating that consistency. It develops that trust that I know what I can count on from Lisa, So while I'm getting a little bit like, i said this a million times, for the person who's thinking about taking that next step, and this is who I'm doing this all for, it's not for me, it's not because I love the sound of my own voice, it's helping them create that trust factor that Lisa always shows up this way, and this is her craft, and she talks about it all the time.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's uh, exactly that They, they need to hear this stuff you know multiple times uh, i don't know what the number is these days but you know in, anything from seven to i don't know 20
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> but, seven to but, 17 we're somewhere in that range
0: exactly my point is that they need to hear it multiple times and they will you know slowly start to see things a little bit different every time you hear them i've noticed that myself too you know listening to a few podcasts episodes and maybe listening back to that a few months later it's like oh i didn't pick up on that but you know so yeah. it's important
1: you hear what you need to hear and your ear picks it up at the right time. It's so funny. That I re- I can't remember what the specific learning was, but there was something that my mom used to hammer to me over and over and over again. And then my business coach said it and I heard it for the first time. So, you know, <laughs> you never know when sometimes oh. is the right time for a message to land with you.
0: It's like my kids, you know, you can say the same thing like hundred, maybe even thousand times. They oh, yeah. just don't hear it. But hopefully, you know, when they get older, it's like, oh yeah, I remember when my dad and mom told me. Uh I get it now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly. So we're we're doing our clients a favor, not jumping all over the place with the messaging. We're making it a mm-hmm. lot easier for them to follow us. So if you ever feel stressed, like, oh my God, well, if I'm going to do a bunch of visibility opportunities and podcasts, that's going to make me so much more busy now because I always have to come up with a new talk and I always have to come up with a pitch. Yeah. The good news is you don't. I've used the same outgoing podcast pitch since August of last year, and I'm booking 10 plus podcasts every single month with it. So mm-hmm. it can be easy. The good news is it can be easy.
0: Yeah, and you get really good at that talk as well. And, you know, you might say things slightly a little different every time, but you know, it's still consistent.
1: Absolutely. And it's so nice when I'm, especially when I'm speaking on live stages, which is something I haven't done since 2019, but we just booked one for 20, uh, the fall of 2022. Um, But when I'm speaking on a stage, like just put a picture up and I know exactly the story that I talk about with it. If I'm at an event as a guest and, you know, something happens with a speaker and they're like, oh my God, we're scrambling. We need someone to fill this slot. I can show up no problem, be like, oh, I can do this talk and slide in at the last minute because I know it. I'm not coming up with something new. It's the same thing all the time. So you're doing yourself a huge favor when you actually really nail in on a few key concepts and talk about them repeatedly.
0: Such a great uh, point. That yeah. Absolutely. Uh, have you experienced with any of your clients that they have uh, a fear of doing this, you know, being visible, showing up on podcasts, showing on TV, all that stuff? And how did they, how did they deal with that?
1: So the good news for anyone listening to this is I find that no matter what level you're at, whether you've never been featured somewhere before, maybe you've done it a handful of times, or even if you've spoken on stage a bunch of times and been featured in Forbes, I'm sorry, that imposter complex often shows up over and over again. Who am I to put myself out there? Somebody else is saying the same thing. Does my message need, deserve to be heard? Am I worthy? So one of the things I have my clients do is really ground themselves with a not so humble brag sheet. And what this is, is I ask them to grab a pen and paper and list out how much time have you invested in your craft? So I was sharing earlier, I've been doing PR for 20 years, since I was 18. Mm -hmm. So I can think about the unpaid internships I've done, the agencies I've worked at, the companies I've been in, my own company that I've built. What are the results that I've created? You know, getting clients on the front page of newspaper on hundreds of television segments, thousands of podcasts, like when I start thinking about the results I've created for my clients and for myself, all of a sudden, my confidence starts to increase. I'm like, "Oh yeah, I did do all that, mm-hmm. and even think about the amount of money you invested into whatever you specialize in now um you know the fact that I was in Uh, After university, I ended up doing a PR certificate. I've worked with countless business coaches. I've gone to a number of events, and I've traveled to these. So when I look at the six figures plus that I've invested in my craft and knowing what I do, all of a sudden, that reminds me of, oh, my gosh, I have this wealth of knowledge that my ideal clients don't have that I take for granted, and how cool that I can shorten the path for them and share something in a succinct manner on someone else's platform to help them get a result. And when I position it that way, then I'm like, oh, yeah, that is why I get to show up today. So literally put this all on a piece of paper, pop it onto your fridge so you see it every day. And it's such a powerful reminder of exactly who you are. And it's all empirical. You can't argue with it. These are facts that you've written down here. So it's staring you in the face. You totally deserve this. You are worthy and you know your stuff.
0: Mm -hmm. Exactly. That reminds me of the book, um, The Gap and the Gain, where you need to focus on um, where you kind of come from instead of where you are or where you want to go. You you need to look back a little bit and just – recognize and appreciate the fact that you've gone this far and you've done all these things so yeah yeah we take
1: it for granted so much and i haven't heard of that book before so i'm writing that down to look that up later on the gap in the game
0: yeah absolutely i definitely recommend it it's just a simple i mean a lot of people would just call it simple reframe um which is really it is but in that book he explains how we so many times live in that gap where we kind of think about the things that we don't have or we're not where we wanted to be and that's just going to make you miserable you know but if you start looking a little bit back and just appreciate all the things that you've achieved through life it's going to be a whole different story
1: I think that's the number one book recommendation I've gotten this year because Ken I am the person that all I do is look at the gap I'm like where did I go wrong what was missing what could have been done and I've had it said to me so many times in the last few weeks Lisa, the question you need to ask yourself is what's going right so mm. i love that you're highlighting an opportunity because it's easy to do that for our clients and be like look at all the oh, great yeah. stuff you've done but we can be so critical and judgmental of ourselves um you know even to take it back i remember the moment in grade school when i went home with a tessa was like 136 out of 139 my mom's like what three things did you get wrong so thanks oh. mom that still haunts yeah. me to this day
0: <laughs> exactly yeah well that that's a great example because you got actually out of 139 and that's just dream you know but yeah that's just that's such a great example
1: <laughs> i i remind her of that all the time like you screwed me mom she's like i don't remember that at all i'm like oh i do i really really do i can <laughs> see how the 136 out of 139 was written in blue ink on that paper so it makes me like terrified of being a parent i'm like oh gosh <laughs> say one thing wrong
0: oh uh, well i can tell you that as a parent you are probably gonna say a lot of things wrong and oh, um yeah. <laughs> but still i mean We still, I think our kids, well, they have different, you know, things to deal with today than what we we did when we grew up growing up. But still we have this opportunity to give our kids a different opportunity where we learn all these things and we actually know how to reframe things and think about things differently. And we can pass that on. And I think that's um, that's, an amazing opportunity.
1: We're all doing the best that we can with what we've got, so thanks, Mom. You made me someone who really pays attention to detail and is always looking to improve.
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, is there anything that you feel like we missed out, and that you definitely want to make sure that people know about in terms of this?
1: Yeah. You know what? I always like to make sure that I share at least one thing that people can do right now to get started with visibility. Awesome. So one thing that I would recommend is, you know, I I typically recommend people move from that written content up to the audio content to the visual content, just because it builds confidence along the way without having too much pressure on you. You know, Mm. if I said to someone, hey, jump on stage and talk in front of a live crowd before ever doing anything before, they'd be like, what? So um, (laughs) I like to get people started with either uh, writing articles or being interviewed for articles it takes that pressure off it gives you time to like review the content check with aunt sally and see if she likes it before you send it off so uh, something that's really helpful, if you want to get started being featured with written content, you, you can go on Google and type in right for us in your industry, right for us mm-hmm. launching, right for us online coaching, right for us visibility, right for us nutrition, whatever it is, type in right for us and your specialty, and you will start coming across a number of sites that are looking for experts to contribute content, people just like you. And this is a great way to start taking content that you'd be doing on your own platforms and put it somewhere else. And beyond that, we were talking about being Googleable and having that third-party endorsement. Now, when someone looks up your name, they're going to find you on this other site where you've created content, not just your own platforms. And that's going to flip a switch for them saying, oh, this person is an expert because they're showing up in other sources.
0: Exactly. Great. I love that. And um, how can people you know, reach out to you, work with you, get in touch with you?
1: Yeah, for anybody who wants to find me, you know what, one of the things I get asked the most is, Lisa, you share so many different ways that we can get featured, whether it's visual media, written media, or audio media. I don't even know where to get started. So if you want to figure out how to start getting visibility... I have a quiz called, How Should I Get Visibility as an Online Coach? And you can take that quiz at www.lisasimonerichards.com slash quiz. And over the course of a few questions, I ask you some things about your business goals. I ask you a few questions about your personality to figure out if you're introverted or extroverted and really figure out what's going to make sense for you when it comes to being seen. Like I said earlier, I don't love to give cookie-cutter answers. So based on that understanding, I'll share with you one of five ways that it makes sense for you to get visibility. And I will also send you a training video so you can get started. So again, that quiz is at www.lisasimonerichards.com slash quiz.
0: Awesome. We'll link that up in the show notes. And if people want to connect with you, otherwise they can...
1: You can find me on Instagram at Lisa Simone Richards. One of those two is going to be the best place to hang out with me.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the show, sharing your expertise. I really appreciate that. And I think this is maybe the first time we had anybody but talk about PR and visibility in that sense. So thank you so much.
1: Fantastic. And I hope everyone who's listening doesn't just have this as like, you know, 30 minutes of great information, but pick something that you can do and use it to create transformation in your business.
0: Exactly, and thank you to everybody who's listening in. And we will catch up again next time. Thank you so much for listening to the Oh My God I'm Launching podcast. Now, if you like this episode, I would really appreciate if you left a review over on iTunes. And secondly, head on over to Instagram and connect with me at Ken Westgar. That's K E N W E S T G A A R D. And drop me a DM and tell me all about your launch. And I'll catch you in the next episode.